a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book show brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, the scared Bantha to my returning farm boy, it's John Campbell. Yes, hello everybody. Gargoni, I can't believe it, we've started a whole new decade on this show in just the first year of our podcast. That, that, that's unprecedented! Uh, is it though? Because I feel like on a certain Monsters podcast, you were jumping into the decades pretty dang quick. That's right. We have covered a lot of years uh, over a very <laughs> short period of time. I feel like uh, the old Universal Monsters sort of uh, kicked into high gear uh, once they got to the 30s, honestly. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but it is, Gurgoni, it's finally time to live in the 80s. Live in it's the 80s. true. Yes, today we are covering Star Wars number 31 from Marvel Comics Group this Story began in 1977, but wouldn't you know it, this particular issue came out in January of 1980. Wow. What a time to be alive. Indeed, man. I, I really, I am bummed. I, I, I wanted to put on a white jacket with the sleeves rolled up and a pastel undershirt and do a whole 80s <laughs> thing. Uh, maybe we've still got plenty of time in the 80s. Maybe I'll get to that eventually. But yes, we are... Not only is it 1980, but we are now months away. The countdown has begun at this point for the next Star Wars movie. Well, there's going to be a not-so-subtle uh, indication of that in the first couple of pages of this book. <laughs> so we'll get to that. There uh, will be. What we don't have, though, it's interesting, of course, because this is, you know, we're reading this comic in a time when, like, tie-in stuff is still somewhat new as part of the film business. So what we don't have is the stamp on it like we would have now where it's like Road to Empire, you know. Right, yeah. It yeah, would yeah. really be like, you've got to be reading the comic now to get you set up for the movie. Remember, um, what was that uh, Greg Rucka comic that was supposed to answer all your questions before Force Awakens? You remember this? I mean, there have been one of those before every sequel movie of yeah, like, some that, limited series. That, um, that was Shattered Empire was I the think, Rucka one? That's the one, yeah. It's a, and that's the... that I point that one out because I knew... I knew that the other ones weren't going to deliver. Like you're talking one, like right that's the one with one of the stories is Poe Dameron's parents finding yeah. that force tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, that was where I'm like, I, I finished it just before the movie came out. And I'm like, I got to catalog all this away because this is going to be super important. And then by the time they were like, I, I read that Rise of Skywalker. And I was like, whatever, none of this will matter. You know, <laughs> but the, the Shattered Empire one, they still had me convinced at that point that this was going to be important. Well, and there were certain things to it, like, okay, it made canon Operation Cinder, that whole, like, the Empire trying to burn out planets in revenge sure. after the end of Return of the Jedi. It sure. did the whole thing with Poe Dameron's parents, setting up, like, Poe Dameron as a potentially important character, though his parents really didn't come into play in any of the movies, so... Oh, and remember when uh, he completely rewrote his backstory to make him a criminal? Oh, yeah, in uh, yeah. Rise of Skywalker, right. I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> this character is like Han Solo. What if he just literally was Han Solo? And I'm doing it again. We put a moratorium on that for a reason. I, um, I What I want to do, though, is point out the timing here. Because you bring up Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. This issue comes out in January of 1980. Yes. Uh, Empire Strikes Back comes out in June of 1980. So... You would expect that, oh, so that should mean that our Empire Strikes Back coverage starts in just a couple of months, seeing as the uh, A New Hope book sort of started coterminously, if not a little bit before A New Hope came out. I'm guessing, um, based on your tone, it doesn't. No. Because of how comic books are made, right. there will be a bit of lead time yes. that the movie Empire Strikes Back will have over this comic book uh, because there's a production line of issues sure. that they make. Uh, they go into production months before they hit the newsstands yeah. usually. Well, that's uh, why if you if you ever look at like the previews catalog and stuff, you're ordering comics like three months before they're set to come out. If not longer sometimes. Yeah, yeah. but generally it's about a three-month turnaround 
that you have to, as a, as a retailer, be looking for these things. Right. So we're covering issue number 31 today. The Empire Strikes Back coverage does not start until issue number 39 of this book. There you book. go. And that was published in September of 1980. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole summer between when that movie premieres and when the comic starts covering it. Interesting. Um, interesting. It, it'll be interesting to get to, and I have more to say on that when we get there. But for now, yeah. we are going back to where Star Wars always goes, Tatooine, the most uh, because we're covering in the series. We're covering issue number 31. Yes. Uh, we've got a lot of the same creative team as before. Archie Goodwin on writing, Carmen Infantino on pencils, uh, Bob Wyacek is back on inks, mm. uh, Carl Gafford is over on colors, and Jim mm. Novak is on letters. Oh, uh, yeah. With a shooter in the distance. Uh, Jim Shooter acting as <laughs> our. A shooter in the distance sounds pretty threatening. <laughs> I mean, I, I said it as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. Um <laughs> Yeah, by the way, we talked about that last time. We are going to get him, I confirmed, uh, in the interim between our episodes. 1987 is when he was ousted from the company. So I think we get pretty much Shooter for all of this. Uh, Let me go to the last issue of this book just to confirm. Uh, No, this this run ends on issue number 107, uh, which was in September of 1986. So yep. Jim Shooter watches this book get born and he watches it die. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He will be there for all of it, ever in the distance. Like, yes, soon, soon the Beyonder will reveal himself. <laughs> no, he, he's too busy creating his self-insert uh, that Spider-Man has to teach how to poop. Still our most referenced uh, comic storyline because why? It's so insane. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to this book. So Star uh, Wars number 31. Let's get to the cover here because, return, yeah, we're back to Tatooine. Tatooine returning to Tatooine. Um, well, that doesn't look like a do-back as I, do I know it, Gurgani. Well, look, John, <laughs> they were barely in the first movie's original cut. So how would you know? Yeah, I, that is exactly. <laughs> I was very thrown by this because it's just like, wow, that's a lot more lizardy than I know a do-back to be. If you, if you have managed to see the original theatrical cut of Star Wars, which basically nobody has, because even when it got to VHS, now. it was already changed a little bit. Uh, yeah, unless you had the original that that remember that. Uh, oh no, it was already changed by that. You had to have the original VHS release. Um, yeah. Which is what I did first see it on from back when it was CBS Fox. And I didn't see the original Star Wars until it was the three pack and that was already altered. Yeah, we just had we just had Star Wars uh, and the original VHS. And my dad still has it because it's a collector's item. Yeah, absolutely. But in the original original before the special editions fussed with it, yeah. the only shot we got of Dubax, the giant lizards that people ride on Tatooine, mm-hmm. is like a big rubber maquette in the distance. Yes. And they are basically big lizards, but they're not this lizardy. They're pretty lizardy, John. They're just more like what if a cow was also a lizard? You know what I mean, like this vibe. is so scaly and green and dinosaur-y, really. Yeah, it looks like something you'd see out of like Zandy the First Boy or like yeah. Uh, yeah, Moon Girl and De- or Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur or yeah. something out of the Savage Land. Basically, anything Jack Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Kirby reference. Yeah. All those things, yeah, those are very yeah. It's it's very Kirby esque. Um, which, you know, Kirby wasn't going to touch Star Wars with a 10-foot pole. Um, so. Yeah, he was busy making 2001 a Space Odyssey. Fucking love that 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> it is pure Kirby nonsense. <laughs> and I'm here for uh, it. So, yes. But yeah, he, we got uh, Luke defies the Empire on his home world. Um, sure, I think that's somewhat of a mislead for what happens. I, I get, I mean, that is... Technically, what he did is just they don't deliver on it super well, maybe. If we take as written that by merely existing as the man who destroyed the Death Star, Luke acts in defiance of the Empire, I will accept that this is true. This kid has the audacity to live. Um, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yes, uh, the cover does show uh, two stormtroopers on on a a rock face here. Uh, Mm -hmm. One on a dewback. Uh, and we've got the twin sons behind them. And then, yes, hiding underneath the rock is Luke, R2, and 
3PO, who for this cover is made of copper. Right. And uh, Luke with his classic Desert Eagle. Yes. <laughs> That's the biggest blaster pistol I've ever seen. And I do love that they tried this, like, shimmer off of the barrel of the gun from the sun, but it doesn't work. It just looks weird to me. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what they were trying to do here. Yeah. Why Jack's colors are a little, I, I don't know. Yeah. He, he's trying something. It doesn't quite work. There's supposed to be, like, a... Uh, I don't know, a lens flare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like the the glint of the metal barrel. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't... I don't know. He he often tries to add detail to um, Infantino's stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And it will... Uh, Sporadic. But uh, yeah. l- let's get into something uh, way more upsetting, which is a, a vast spaceship with zero detail. God damn it. I mean, the just sheer laziness this week. Because this is... This is a Star Destroyer, is it not? Or it's at least it's supposed to vaguely be one. So it says an Imperial Battlecruiser. So I take that to mean a Star Destroyer. That's what we know them to be. And once again, the Battlestar Galactica makes an appearance. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. This might be Buck Rogers' ship, actually. It's definitely not. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> the Gil Gerard Buck Rogers show, um, which, is, uh, which is referenced uh, on here. Um, you know, more than it should be, probably. Um, I I assumed it was one of the ships uh, piloted by the Thunderbirds, but either way. Oh yeah, well they're yeah they're um uh <laughs> yeah they're they're also running around too. This mm-hmm. book is just I mean, and we have talked about this. A lot of this is, I think, to do with the fact that there is just the one movie, so they are relying on just tropes of space stuff sometimes. Yeah. Now, okay, we mentioned that the Star Destroyer could be interpreted as incredibly lazy in terms of the complete lack of detail on its gleaming white surface. Yeah. A a, a rejoinder, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. How cool would like a porcelain shell death uh, Star Destroyer look? Fucking awesome. I mean, really, really cool. If you actually leaned into that design. It's one of the things I love in in episode one, um, Padme's ship, when they go to Tatooine and it's all that mirrored chrome. That, Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, the Naboo Royal star, uh, yeah. like ship. Yeah, yeah. That 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 really that like I love the idea of there being things that aren't just sort of the mat or the 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 sort of metallic like you know put together pieces that we see normally. So uh, one of the interesting well, details, though, in the laziness of this, is the shadow of the other ship on it is weird and tiny and it gives us zero idea about like what the scale is here. And also like the, so the sun is above them. I mean, that could be the case of course, cause it's space. But if you start thinking about where lighting is coming from <laughs> in a star Wars property, you are going to go insane. Yeah. But what I think is just interesting is there's the laziness is all being white, but then somebody's like, well, we can't be super lazy. So if it's just white, then there probably is a shadow on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just love anything that starts with prologue, deep space. <laughs> where are we? Deep space. Don't worry uh, about where. So this is a house of tag. This is the house of tag mining explorer and an imperial. We've seen this battle. ship a few times. Yeah, yeah. this is Baron Tag's yeah. uh, cruiser that he battle you know, star, tooling right. around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he's, he's evading the Cylons in this. Yeah, ship. yes, yeah. Well, they're they're problems for everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have a plan, John. We know this. They do, and that plan is... Let's not talk about it. Um, didn't you watch the whole movie? The, I, I believe in that movie, The Plan, they explained that, like, okay, they had a plan. It fell apart somewhere around season two of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's similar to the conspiracy in uh, X-Files, where you're like, it is vague, and the show ran longer than they thought. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, we are. Uh, we've been talking about the house tag here on this next page. The meeting of ten. It turns out the house is more than just one guy with weird goggles. I know. Uh, so uh, <laughs> here he is. Uh, this. Is the, let's see. Which, who is this here? This is. Uh, what does he say? His name is. He doesn't. He doesn't say what his brother's. I thought he does. I was like well, we going learned, back through this. We learned that our beloved. Um, Baron Tag is named Orman. Yeah, and we already knew that. Orman yeah. Tag was what he was introduced okay. as. We've just been calling him Baron because that's the thing. 
Because that's what like, everyone else calls him that. This yeah. guy is obviously the better brother because he's just like, wow, man, way to go, Orman. You also, he him. wasn't blinded by Vader, so inherently he's a little Vader. better. Um, I love that he has a droid that's just bringing cocktails. <laughs> Look, everyone's got to have a cocktail droid. He's classy as fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they... Uh, it's just yeah. No, they do. They do say his brother's name. His brother's name is Ulrich, Ulrich Tag. Ulrich and Orman. I do like that. They're like Swedish royalty. Um, mm. I love their Bond villain names right there. A hundred percent, Ulrich Tag. Good evening, Mister Bond. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I just love the idea of this guy is like, oh God, my brother's got cyber vision, and he's, um, and so okay. But, uh, yeah, so they're this- discussing how the fiasco with the Death Star has given the Tag family a lot more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alliance has been assorting, uh, attracting all sorts of attention. Um, and then we get our noted reference to the next movie when he says, Since the Death Star, Imperial policy is one of caution. But when the moment is right, the Empire will strike back. Possibly in theaters this June. <laughs> um. And I love that he's like, well, that's great, but it's probably led by Darth Vader. And, ooh, you know I hate that guy. <laughs> Take hind position in the Emperor's favor to that blasted wizard. I love someone referring to Vader as a wizard. A blasted wizard. And Leia was a rebel witch in the last one. So, you know. That's um, it's a family lineage. And then I just like that this guy's like, yeah, maybe, like, don't piss off Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> He's dangerous to oppose openly, Orman, but you already know that. He's like, oh, the hit. yes, I do, baby. And it's going to be sweet when I take him down. And for some reason, I'll lift up my cyber vision glasses to make me look creepier to an unseen audience. Yeah, he, he will uh, take to camera yep. with his lifting of the glasses. Yeah, it's all coming to fruition on a quiet, unsuspecting backwater world called, well, wouldn't you know it? Tatooine. So the tags have got something planned to like, or at least the Baron specifically is yeah. going to get himself in the Emperor's good graces even more than Vader himself. Let's and it's all going to start over on Tatooine. The Empire is going to strike back. They're working on their, their plan to strike back. And he's like, yep. I'm going to beat them to it because, you know, Vader is obviously going to be leading that charge. But if I swoop in and strike back first for the Empire, then everybody's going to love me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that damn wizard and his fool religion have nothing on the House of Tag. Yeah, people really need to call Vader a wizard more, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> don't you call me a wizard. I don't care for that. Um, that's our <laughs> word. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so let's go, uh, let's go back to Tatooine and get... For no reason. God, every once in a while, Goodwin decides to just be overly, almost Claremontianly uh, verbose. Okay. <laughs> Let's start here. Yeah. If there's a bright center in the universe, you're the world farthest from it. To Luke Skywalker, it seems ages ago that he spoke those words about his home planet. It feels as if he were a different person than the restless, inexperienced farm boy. Now he is a hero, and a warrior's mission has brought him back. So yeah, he's yeah back. He, he's back. I guess he's he's back, folks. Uh, but he's dressed the same, and he found a shitty hat somewhere. <laughs> oh, my old shitty bucket hat! <laughs> Sweet, I thought I lost this. Um, <laughs> yeah, and of course he's brought three PO and R two with him, and uh, made three PO just do the three PO is just a butler at this point when he's like, I've unloaded the land speeder, sir. Again, let's not talk about how droids are treated in Star Wars. It and, that, uh, it, and I can only read this as great 3PO. <laughs> <laughs> now get the camouflage cover over the freighter. Oh, let's talk about camouflage covers, Grigioni. Yeah. Okay. So why aren't we don't exactly if these exist? Why aren't they used all the time? Also. They don't do anything against scanners, right? Uh, well, let's turn the page here and see, because he's putting it. Um, <laughs> it's probably Wild Banthas. Once again, he's worried, and he still hates the Jawas. Also, I want to talk about what R2's doing. 
I mean, he's helping pull the tarp over the ship. Yeah, but the ship which we never that? see more of than a what corner. What is he doing that with? There's a, there's his face is opened up and he's. Does he have? Yeah. That's not like he does have things that protrude from him and can grab stuff, but not there. Now I know, I know, always the refrain. They only have the one movie. Yeah, and so far we haven't. I mean, it is an empire that we see all the little bits come out of R two when he's trying to attack Yoda. So. It's true. It's true. Uh, so maybe, yeah, but it's just so weird to see, like, R2 grabbing onto a part of this cover and pull it. That's just not the thing I would think R2 doing, like, Err. Yeah, like, does R2 have the torque to pull a tarp in sandy terrain? I don't know. kind of a weird thing to have 3PO do, really, even though he could do it. Once again, I love Luke is just like, hey, you fucking robots, get that thing covered! Here's something that's never occurred to me. How proportionally strong is, like a droid to a person because it's always been the thing in media just like oh robots are stronger than people yeah but 3PO has always been shown as being like ineffectual and weak and getting tossed around right yeah I don't think 3PO is designed with a lot of proportional strength right I mean you never see him do anything like that whereas something like K2SO obviously is pretty strong at least to the point where he's like bonking dudes and stuff well, he could like lift people up by the neck and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like like so. I, I, I my guess is it really depends on what the droid is designed for. I mean, those are um, although battle droids don't seem very strong. Well, B ones sep- uh, definitely, but like yeah. the B two battle droids, the super That's battle true. droids. Yeah, the super battle droids. And like commando droids are always flipping around and like, fighting That's with true. swords. Yeah. So I think I think it really depends on what model. And three PO is. A communications droid, really. I mean, that's his yeah. function. So, number one, one might even ask, why did you bring him at all then, Luke? <laughs> Arthur <laughs> seems like a good use of this. Uh, well, R2 has purpose. 3PO is just going to be annoying. If I had run into Valance three times at this point, I would yeah. keep 3PO around too, just in case some psychopath who hates droids' rights wants to get in my business again. you never know. Right, you exactly. never know when a Judge Dread villain will show up, uh, <laughs> and not a judge around to stop him. Um, uh, there never is. So here you go. You've got uh, you've got the 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 Sand Troopers with their little uh, one uh, shoulder pad. Yeah, I mean, okay, the shoulder pad bugs me. Um, the shoulder pad is a rank designation. We only ever see one trooper per squad with the shoulder pad. Then they all have it in this one. Yeah. You're right. It's not like a thing where, because it's just like, well, that doesn't like serve a desert purpose. Of course not. Why would it? <laughs> it's a single shoulder pad. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a mark of distinction to go like, oh, that's the squad leader. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's your commanding officer or whatever. But here, they're all commanding officers, I guess. Which is interesting because yeah. only one of them got a do-back. Only one of them got a do back, and only one of them's got a metal detector. I don't know what that is that he's got strapped to his chest. I just imagine this whole scene. There's a beeping over it. Um, That's the scanner pack. They're using it to look for. Uh, I. Mm, Keep your mind on the job. Scan. You <laughs> didn't scan the sector off on our left. So I don't know about rank, but this guy is definitely calling the shots. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I love that this guy's response. Are they afraid we'll upset the local sandlight? That's about all we ever wait. I've got something. <laughs> this is this happened in the last issue too. When people go like, "We never, there's never, we couldn't." What's this? <laughs> um, but I one of my favorite things in this comic is stormtroopers complaining about their jobs. Oh, like it's where he's just going like, "I understand. You get a Tie Fighter out here, man. We're busting mm. our buns." Why is the Empire having us hoofing through the desert when yeah. we just have a single ship fly over? Yeah, I, I got the point. <laughs> but he goes, that would attract attention. And then the guy also does point out, with what? It's a bunch of sand. Also, it's Tatooine. Are the locals going to get uppity? Also, here's another thing, too. How often are they out there? I mean, maybe they are after A New Hope, but like the only reason they're really like out in the desert on Tatooine in that movie is because the escape pod landed there. I don't think that they often have patrols just combing the deserts of Tatooine. Maybe they do after that. I would say they unequivocally shouldn't because this planet is owned and operated by Jabba the Hutt. Hey, like, you kind of see, it, like, when you go to Mos Eisley, you have, like, 
sporadic stormtroopers around that are sort of like the cops because that's a city. But what the what the hell do they need guys just cruising the desert for? I always took that in A New Hope as the only reason they're there is because they chased the Tantive Four and like something got out and they're they're combing that, the world for it. Tatooine doesn't matter really to the Empire. Right? I mean, it's kind of this thing where it's like whatever. That's like the huts. That's a backwater planet. We don't need I could to get, like, put an iron grip on it. In the canon, let me push my glasses up slightly yeah. here. <laughs> as soon as the word canon is used, yes. Uh, yeah. During the Imperial era, there is a lot more autonomy given to what's called hot space. It's like this chunk of the outer and mid rim that is basically controlled by the hut crime cartels. And the right. Empire is just like, look, as so long as you give the Empire its tithe, do whatever the fuck you want out there. We don't care. And, and Tatooine's part of that. That makes sense, because, like, there's no tactical advantage to Tatooine. If there was, they would take it from the Huts. They could. They have the power to. But that's a waste of their time and resources. Yeah. But and they don't need the entire, like, organized criminal underworld undercutting them at every turn. And you don't see that when they go back to Tatooine in Return of the Jedi. There really isn't an Imperial presence there. There's none. Yeah. So, yeah, this is interesting, where it's like they're taking that from the movie, where it's like, oh, yeah, so they're just always guys cruising the desert. Yeah, and look, Tag's got some kind of plan here, and he can co-opt Imperial Troopers, so maybe that's... I mean, we say later that they're like a, a squad hired by the Tags, so that is that true, maybe these like, are kind of going off book. But once again, to what end? Except for here they go. And when, so they, uh, we turn the page, and we've got a scanner on. Oh, it's just a land speeder. Who cares? Probably some local out-hunting womp rats. Love a womp rat. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, nah. And the atmospheric distortion made it seem bigger for an instant. Uh, basically confirming, like, okay, maybe they did pick up Luke Landing, but they're just like, ah, it's just a land speeder. It's fine. So Len Love, as they walk off, the guy goes, I get to ride the Dewback tomorrow. <laughs> How rare are Dewbacks that they can only get one out there? Dewbacks? I don't even know if they are necessarily, like, Tatooine local fauna, necessarily. Yeah. Um, I mean, we really only see them when the Stormtroopers are riding them. It's not like there's a herd of Dewbacks. And like, are they like predators of the the uh, oh, what do the Tuscan Raiders ride? The um, oh god, the uh, banthas. Yeah, doesn't no, seem, I don't think seems like a bantha could kill a dewback pretty easily. Yeah, and I think they all get eaten by crate dragons, right? Well, that's the big that's the big super pred that's the apex predator of Tatooine, right? Yeah. We're, we're I don't know. From that. I don't know. I don't, I, we could we could speculate forever about Tatooine ecology. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's Frank Herbert's job. Yeah. <laughs> and just remember, he could have sued George Lucas if he wanted to, but he let it slide. He's an upstanding moral <laughs> citizen in the sci-fi. If there's one world. thing Frank Herbert, he was a cool dude, man. <laughs> kind of. He was sort of the hippie sci-fi guy. I mean, ecology uh, was kind of his whole thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's your answer to your question. You're going to the electronically charged fabric will keep any scanner from picking up what's under it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. asked and answered, I guess. So basically, he's it, it, no scanner will pick it up, but he's just worried that somebody might just run into it. I mean, look, that's how camouflage works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's still he's in his bucket hat, uh, and I <laughs> uh, once again love the pose on. Uh, 3PO seems to have put his chair into recline in the land speeder. Look at him there. No offense. His <laughs> hips don't bend all the way, so he kind of has to like lean <laughs> back. And... Uh, so Luke says they're here to recruit blockade runners. Yeah, because like Tatooine is host to a lot of smuggling pilots, which that I mean, honestly, Luke's mission here makes total sense. Yeah, but it, it's the the only thing about it is it's just we're retreading, so we have to go back to Mos Eisley. You know, uh, yeah. some of the best smuggler pilots in the galaxy hang out at Mos Eisley, and that's where we're headed. Yeah. But they, uh, why uh, they couldn't land at Mos Eisley, don't worry about it. How about uh, R2 just strapped to the side of the land speeder? I do love just R2 with bungee cords just strapped <laughs> to the side of a thing. All right, tie him down good, 3PO. We don't want him uh, shifting around during the trip. <laughs> don't Stop struggling, R2. But then, of course... <laughs> God, this is dark and something I've never thought about. Like if Luke went back to tattoo and he's like, God, there's the burned out remains of uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's. 
Yeah, so Luke's flying towards Mos Eisley, and what does he stumble across? Why, if it isn't the burnt-out wreckage of his childhood? Uh, I would have I would have been so goddamn delighted if the skeletons were still there. Well, look, w- the panel only shows so much. Also, the proportions are super weird. Yeah, uh, well, I, I understand. This looks like Yoda's hut. Like, Yeah, or Luke is gigantic. Um. <laughs> Man, it seems so much bigger when I lived here. Um yeah. Uh, and uh, he, basically, he just happens to drive past it, I guess. Yeah, it's not a giant desert planet. I'm sure that they would always run into this. Also, he's letting 3PO drive. <laughs> he's. I'm telling you, he's just his butler in this comic. He's chauffeuring him around. He's handling the luggage. <laughs> he put a tarp over the ship. He's just, yeah. he's just a, a, a butler. But yeah, he, like, he's like, 3PO, stop the speeder. As he like lunges out, loses his hat. Apparently his goggles were under his hat. Weird look, Luke. Very interesting. Um, yeah, because he doesn't have any goggles. The, the, the goggles just aren't there in the previous panel. Um, well, look, no. In the first top left panel, he's got his hat on. Yeah. In the top right panel, he's running. And the goggles appear on his head once the hat flies off. I know, but it's like there's no... There's no bulge of where the goggles would be under the hat. No. And traditionally, like, the look oh, has always been goggles on top of the oh, hat. Yeah, was, like, yes, the look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's what everyone on tattooing. That's how everyone is wearing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's here. He's very upset. Uh, and then you've got R2 and 3PO bickering, which R2, I'm sorry, you're in no position to be, uh, you know, getting on anybody when you're strapped to the side of the car. Um, but, uh, yeah. Let me ask this. This is my thing. 3PO's driving. I think this is the only time I've ever seen 3PO operate any vehicle in Star Wars. Hmm. He doesn't operate anything. Why would he? Why would you let him? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he Number one, he wouldn't want to because things go too fast. Uh, and two, he's not programmed. I can't imagine that. I mean, I'm sure maybe he could baseline operate something, but like... I feel like he drove one of those like taxi speeders on Coruscant in like episode three or something for Padme, maybe. Maybe. When he I'd have to go back and like look scene to scene. As a butler but, like, droid. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, someone pulls a gun on Luke in the. God, I, I, folks, I gotta say, uh, the, I thought last week had the worst handling of a firearm, but I gotta say, this is even worse. What is this hand doing with that gun? Well, it's not a gun, John. It's a lighter. <laughs> What's up, bro? <laughs> He's about to light a, a cool cig as he says hello to his friend. Uh, it's the 70s, man. It wouldn't have been that out of place. Yeah. Um, so, so casual, but, yeah, bad handling of a gun. Uh, probably just as bad handling of a gun. You over there. But, get down. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and again, the gun is really small. The hand is really big. Do exactly what I say, or start spending the rest of your life dead. Not a cool thing to say at no. all. Look, there's a reason Fixer got cut from the movie. Because, yeah, on the next page we find out, who's this? It's Fixer! It's Fixer. Remember Fixer? Of course you don't, because this scene got cut from the movie. But he was in the comic. But he was in the comic. They even uh, referenced that you can go back and, and, and find Fixer and Cammy in uh, uh, the whatever, issue two or whatever. Well, there's also the Luke flak, uh, flashback issue that we got. That's right. Uh, it had them in it. So they are actually much more important to this comic than they are to the movies. Right. Uh, so what Luke does is he uses some sleight of hand to toss his gun to the side so that he can whip out his lightsaber, which is white now. And the lightsaber is uh, all over the place in terms of color. But uh, another uh, not cool look is that behind the back toss. Yeah, I don't know what exactly is going on there. But, hey, it's something he learned from Han Solo, because he taught him about distracting a foe. Uh, yeah, so he can make some fast lightsaber work that he learned from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Remember that guy? We all liked him. I do love this comic. Is like, well, can we just reference other characters people like? <laughs> and then he's like, wait a minute, you're Fixer. Remember me? Fixer, why aren't you at Toshi Station uh, repairing equipment instead of out here ambushing innocent travelers? <laughs> Fixer, we only know you as being part of Toshi Station. Why are you in this part of the comic? 
Why aren't you picking up some power converters? Well, he lost his job there. Uh, well, look, he spent too much time making out with Cammy. Yeah. Well, we saw they were up to more than making out, if anyone remembers that panel from that first issue. Yoosh. <laughs> um, everyone assumed you died, Luke. They did? I mean, I don't know what else they would assume. Like, Luke just up and vanished one day after his whole yeah. town or his whole family home got, like, burnt to a crisp. And then Fixer's talking about he's been, I guess, befitting his name, fixing up the place so somebody can buy the charred remains of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's place. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, everyone assumed you died, uh, along with your aunt and uncle, uh, when the Tuscan Raiders hit this place. Not Tuscan Raiders. T- Tuscan Raiders don't, like, leave smoldering corpses. Yeah, that's what, we're to be- that, that's what everybody thinks, though. I guess. Well, I mean, that's what the Empire would have told them, I suppose. Yeah, and everybody just bought that. Those Tuscan Raiders got their hands on some flamethrowers, and they just got real nasty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't trust them, man. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. So, well, let's get Cammy in here, because he's just like, Hey, babe, it's Skywalker. He ain't dead. Yeah. Not yeah. little wormy. And he's like, oh, brother. <laughs> This uh, this is this really feels like Luke comes back to his hometown where he's a big shot now, but they're still like, oh no, we remember when you were little wormy. He's like, ugh. Okay, so I was flipping back through the old uh, issues. We only got one panel of Cammy and Fixer in the uh, original adaptation of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. We only really see them once in the Luke flashback issue as well. But I will say this much. Yeah. The design of Cammy hasn't really changed all that much. But the fix- design of Fixer has changed three times. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, I'm more classic Infantino <laughs> style, yeah. uh, Cammy is the one lady face he can draw with dark hair. And so, like, I don't know how yes. he would ne- mess that up necessarily. Screw that up. Yeah, I can't. Uh, that's all I can do. Uh, but, he, but Fixer has gone from black hair to brown hair to now blonde hair. Yeah. To looking like character actor Martin Cove. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, and I do like, uh, if the love of my life, do you get that we're a couple? <laughs> Back off, so Walker. You, you, you want to know who this Fixer looks like? Who's that? The character of Windy. Do you remember Windy, John? Yes, he does. <laughs> I do actually, now that you bring that up. Did he confuse the designs? 100%. <laughs> I don't know, he's one of those tattooing guys. Look, he doesn't have a mustache no. like uh, Biggs, so no. we have no way of uh, distinguishing him yeah. from anybody else. <laughs> That's it. Oh, good lord! Uh, yeah. That's 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 what we're working with here, folks. And and I'm sure it's like, is this what this guy looked like? An editorial probably went. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Uh, so, Luke looks taller somehow. That's because he's standing on a hill. Cammy, come on. <laughs> like these are backwater farm kids. All right, they're not. You know. Salt of the earth, the uh, <laughs> clay of the new frontier. You know, we got to turn the page Morals. and catch up with them. He put a ring on it, folks. Yep, they're married. Uh, the, the tag outfit set us up in the old dark lighter place because Biggs, remember, is also dead. Yeah, and presumably so is his family. Mm. Um, people are, yeah, they're everybody's working on this. You know, things are actually going not bad, except for so, they're under the thumb of the tag house. Yeah, so apparently the Tag family is out here working on, like, gentrifying Tatooine, it sounds like. And this is part of his plan for the Empire to strike back? Look, gentrification is the slow, terrible striking back (laughs) that uh, late-stage capitalism will rot. 100% agree. I just don't know why he thinks that's going to happen before whatever Vader's up to. Um... My Lord Emperor... Yes, your Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader, has hunted down and captured Han Solo and other rebels of his ilk. But I have slowly converted certain neighborhoods to be more in line with your Imperial aesthetic. That's right. Well, just got a Starbucks. So, you know, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) We, We put a new seasons out in a sand dune. So we'll see how long this takes. 
We've created smaller Walmarts that cater to certain food <laughs> deserts. And while they're not the large big box stores yeah. you're used to, they are taking over and destroying local family markets. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Luke is upset about this. And he's like, hey, uh, he man. just he doesn't he doesn't like the tag family getting it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, he's not wrong, but it is like, Luke, Luke, maybe focus on other shit than like, I don't want my dead aunt and uncle's place to go to the tag family. I mean, he does say it's like, it's practically like giving it to the empire and he's not wrong. Yeah. But it's like, then work on defeating the empire. Then that seems like the, 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 the larger thing there. And then I like, uh, what's this? like we don't care for politics. They're just simple country yeah. folk. I understand. Don't, that, Cammy, but don't then, bring your big galaxy <laughs> politics into our lives. We're just trying to get our families fed. Make tattooing great again. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Mata folks. They're Mata people. Um Cammy's Cammy's just ask, asking the questions, Midga, okay? Midga people. Um yeah, so uh but yes, uh 3PO uh, is coming because uh, is yelling because there's a troop carrier on its way. And I got to say these stormtroopers on the outside of this troop carrier look so goofy. So this is the toy mm-hmm. of the Imperial troop character, uh, the troop carrier. Oh yes, absolutely. And it looked like it looks like it. It looks like yeah. you stuck action figures in the side of it as drawn. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, a vehicle that does not appear, as far as I'm concerned, in the original movie. Nope. This <laughs> and was invented. Exclusively by the Kenner Toy Company. There it is. I'm looking at it again. Yeah, I mean, it. it well, because it's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's a place to stick your stormtroopers. But no, that's exa- exactly. It's like, why would you transport? Who, who's going to go like, all right, fellas, everybody step into your slot and let's go. What I love is that this vehicle has stuck around and has like reappeared in the Mandalorian and stuff. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the, the Mandalorian. I love, by the way, the design of... The modern Star Wars toys that still have the packaging art like they're the old ones. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Imperial Troop Transport Vehicle from the Mandalorian uh, toy set. And it still has the old Kenner logo and the old Star Wars logo from the 70s. That's uh, awesome. It's very cool. But yes, the Imperial Troop Transporter. Um, and it's still just as stupid as ever. Well, because what it does is it encourages you to buy six Stormtroopers that you can fill it with. Yeah, Mom, I have an empty slot. Can't have that. Because uh, figures so, separately, as you would believe. Of course, of course. Uh, so Tag Command is calling into this troop transport saying, hey, have you had any success yet? Success uh, what? We don't know. Gurgoni, this came out Christmas of 79. And now yeah, of course January of 80. So this was yeah. right on top of it. Available exclusively at your local JCPenney. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. You can get it on layaway, I'm sure. Yeah. No, it just, he literally just drew the thing from the catalog. Um, yeah. I, I'm so curious about, like, is Marvel getting catalogs at the same time as everyone else? Or are they getting it, are they getting, like, proofs of the toys to see? Probably that is probably the case, yeah. that they, they're, they're getting the designs. Well, because we're firmly entering the era when they're working with G.I. Joe, Transformers. Like, the mm. toys are going to be a big part. Toy tie-in stuff is a big part of the Marvel business going forward. When does the toy company buy Marvel? Is that like a little bit before this? That's after this because that's after the shooter run gets them in bad enough shape that Toy Biz buys them. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, eventually Marvel is bought by Toy Biz, the toy company. Correct. Yeah, uh, it's crazy uh, that that happened. But that's, yeah, it's only because they were in, once again, bad enough shape after. <laughs> After uh, uh, Marvel, uh, after Shooter really drags them into the mud there. See, I thought that was like when the first Secret Wars happens. 1993. 1993? Okay, so it's way after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when Avi Arad becomes... Right. The man who would be Venom. Um, He still gets his name on all those Sony pictures. Yeah, he does. All those fine, fine works... From the people at Sony, who know Spider-Man best. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Luke's back on his speeder. He's rushed away from his friends. Yeah, uh, but it seemed best under the circumstances because they were starting to talk politics and it got real <laughs> awkward. Yeah, and then he's so distracted he almost drives into a wall. 
Uh, no, he almost drives into a wall because he's trying to evade a banta. <laughs> I swerved to miss a banta and almost careen into a wall. Something yeah. you never see in Star Wars, a stop short. Like he just hits the brakes and almost hits this wall. And they're like, phew, that was close. How do speeder brakes work, John? I don't know. Okay. I don't think, th I don't know that that ever comes up. <laughs> I don't think they've ever wanted to stop a speeder. They just wanted to go places, but it would have to break, obviously. This would be like air brakes or something. I don't know. It would have to be, right? But like, yeah, and then and I just he doesn't. All right, everyone, all right. <laughs> Did R two shift around during that at all? Is he still back there? <laughs> all right, great. R 2s tied up like a Christmas tree. All right, uh, the Bantha's in the middle of the road and it won't move. So Luke's gotta go check it out. <laughs> Damn it! This what is, is this problem? issue, John? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, and then he's like, "Wait a minute, this thing's dead." Uh, yeah, he goes up to it. It feels cold, frozen stiff. But that doesn't right make here under the twin suns. I do uh, like that. Doesn't make any sense. This planet has two suns, and uh, they get real expressionistic for one panel with that sun and orange stripes. Luke Skywalker. Uh, but thankfully, R two has propped himself up somehow and is detecting the troop transport yeah. is coming this way. We gotta oh, go. He, was he magnetized to that or something? Because it seems like he was tied down. But no. Yeah, don't worry about it. And then I don't know why this is at a, a Batman 66 Canton angle looking up at the Stormtroopers, but... Uh, no sooner do the trio get the Landspeeder undercover. What cover? They're in a box cannon with a dead Bantha. I guess they got behind the Bantha. <laughs> and they're like, look at the <laughs> These idiots are still just rolling around scanning the desert. And at last, Commander, stupid creature must have wandered into this canyon before the effect took. That would explain our scanner had trouble picking it up. These now really we found it, though. You know what to do. These guys really do feel like bored soldiers. They're like, dead Bantha. Let's shoot it. And then they shoot and it to... <laughs> <laughs> they literally talk about, like, there's nothing left of this thing. They're gone. And so is any trace of that Bantha. <laughs> <laughs> they vaporize this bantha corpse. Like, that's crazy, man. Uh, so I guess they were just hiding around the bend in the canyon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they, if we hadn't backed around this bend in the canyon, we would have been vaporized too. Uh but 3PO is just like, why would they vaporize something that's already dead? And Luke, with a massive amounts of supposition, yeah. going, maybe so no one can learn how it died, 3PO. Yeah. Whatever the tag interests are developing out here in the wastelands, it sure isn't new methods for moisture farming. And then uh, the land speeder will proceed to fail a DEQ test um, with that. <laughs> look, at the, look, at that, look at that coming off of there! Uh, yeah, he forgot to take the parking brake off, unfortunately, <laughs> and uh, it's really struggling. Creepy, you're... No, wait, now Luke's driving! Hmm. Threepio's in the yeah, passenger I, seat now. I get... I don't actually know which one is the passenger seat, because 3PO keeps switching positions. Yeah. It used to be the one on the left side, the, like, the... Uh, driver side was yeah, the driver side, right? That we, as we would know it here in the states. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And now Luke's over there driving. I guess. Don't okay, worry, folks. He's fine. not going to leave tattooing until he finds out what's doing. But they're obviously working on something for the Empire. I'm not going to leave tattooing until I find out what. And cut meanwhile, let's cut what? to said Imperials and tag the Junland Wastes. Once only beasts and Tuscan raiders dared roam here. But now the Empire, or more specifically, tags the Tag Enterprises, as I like to call it. Um, yeah, we took the escape of the Bantha very. You took, I do like you took the escape of that Bantha very well, Armin. Usually you flip out like a maniac. You're known for it. <laughs> You're a well-known maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that outmoded weapon, though, he says, and he's like, baby, this is an official replica. Yeah. Uh, 
I got this on order uh, from the the specialists over at Saber Forge. Um, <laughs> I had this lightsaber constructed an imitation of those carried once by the Jedi Knights. I do love that it's just like this guy's just a nerd. He's a Star Wars nerd. I'm saving I, for the day when I can pay Darth Vader back in kind for what he did. So he's his plan is to blind Vader. Is that the idea? Because he's going to pay him back in kind. I mean, yeah, I think that was the idea. Is like he's going to get good enough with his lightsaber that he can fight Darth Vader, which is never going to end well. <laughs> of course not. He's missing out on a key factor, which is the Force. Um, I don't think Tag's really uh, thinking straight here uh, because he's talking with Silas uh, Tag, uh, yet another Tag of the Tag family. Played by the legendary Peter Weller, uh, according to <laughs> Look at that second panel with him. He looks like Peter Weller. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I also love he's just like, plus, man, I chose Tatooine because Luke Skywalker's from here, and fuck that guy, am I right? <laughs> and I love, I mean, Silas might be my favorite tag member because he just goes, another vendetta. <laughs> Silas is basically going, like, dude, if you keep meeting assholes, maybe you're the asshole. Like, <laughs> I love that the rest of the tag family is just like, oh no. Yeah. Orman is the crazy one with his cyber vision and his lightsaber fixation. He says another vendetta and goes, doesn't being barren and running our family keep you busy enough? Never! (laughs) (laughs) Getting even is one of the great fossil fuels of life. Why is this guy in charge? Because he's got the cyber vision and the lightsabers, John. That's why. It is like, dude, I live to get revenge. That's my thing. And I'll just keep finding vendettas. That is why Orman gets out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And once again, his genius detective goes, I looked up some census records, and this is where Luke Skywalker's from. There is no way that Luke was on any census record. No, it's, no that doesn't, that's the exact opposite of, what they, of why they sent him there. Yeah, but of course, of they, course. Don't that. they don't know yeah, that. They don't know that. Also, yeah. does it not look like he is putting his lightsaber in this pot of poop? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Look, between panels, what we don't see is Silas is like, hey, can I get a warm up? Yeah. I don't want to walk oh, to the sure, microwave. Everybody. Boom. <laughs> uh, well, th- also, this thing about uh, Silas is like, you're weird, Orman. You're still eating real meat. We're all the rest of us are eating food paste. Weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, look, he's an extravagant individual, and Silas is just trying to do the workaday stuff that yeah. the Tag family's got to do out here. I do feel like every time he meets another member of the Tag family, there's like, oh, the rest of us have to work. I don't know what you're going, just flying about the galaxy with your personal vendettas. <laughs> Making more enemies. Yeah, that's what I do, baby. Yeah. Uh, m- meanwhile, on the moon, yeah, uh, when we go to the next page. Yeah. And that thing is still trucking along just or an exhaust fumes, the la- the landspeeder. Uh, but the landspeeder's uh, pulling into Mos Eisley. Yep, here it is, Mos Eisley. Ah, uh, the the nightlife of Mos Eisley. I would, considering how dangerous we saw the day life of Mos Eisley <laughs> I today, I gotta think the nightlife is just yeah wildly uh, erratic. I want to tell you about the proportions of this landspeeder because they change between panels. Yeah, yeah, it gets shorter and longer depending on yep. wind strong. Yep. Uh, and so they, yeah, they, they pull in here, uh, and 3PO, not a fan of Mos Eisley because things went so bad last time. That's fair, honestly. Yeah. And then I like, uh, you both can relax uh, in a moment. The cantina is just ahead. Isn't the cantina especially bad? Didn't the bartender explicitly say we don't like their kind here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, you also get some uh, some very Infantino aliens wandering around. Um, no horn noses, though. No, but you got the horn head guy over here in the floor. Got the horn head guy, we got the weird, like, spiky forehead. There's the, there's the, there is the Star Wars alien. Who's the, what's the alien with the with the big, flat, long face? Or, like, head? Oh, I- Ithorians. Yeah, there you go. He's over in the corner. Uh, also called the Hammerheads in the old Kenner toys. Yes, yes. He's over there talking to character actor Stacey Keach. 
in the foreground as Stacy Keach wanders in. <laughs> you know, I never got to be in a Star Wars movie. Maybe I could just be in the comic. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And 3PO and is going like, I have some bad memories of this place, man. Yeah, uh, Luke says, well, I don't have Ben Kenobi to keep me out of trouble, but uh, pull the speeder around the rear and keep ready to go just in case. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, he, he smartly brings in, and then he's just like, oh, yeah, this place hasn't changed a bit as one alien is being thrown into another. Yeah, uh, we, we got uh, Vobradan and the modal nodes playing in the foreground yep. as a big spike-headed dude is getting thrown into a Duro individual. Fun to see a Duro here. Indeed. Um, I didn't know that's what they're called, but sure. Uh, and so Yeah, it's uh, Cad Bane's species. Of course. I mean, I do love Cad Bane, obviously. Um, yep, they're Duros. Ah, gotcha. Uh, and so he's looking around when all of a sudden, wouldn't you know it, his old buddy... <laughs> Why is Han Solo on in the Mos Eisley Cantina? Couldn't tell you. Because <laughs> it's just cause basically the book is going like we need some Han Solo in here. I do like Chewie bashing two guys' heads together though. This book is basically going like, wouldn't it be great if all of our heroes were actually in the book together for once? Yeah. And so they're just like, I don't know. It makes no sense. Because uh, I don't even think Han does he say. Haven't learned to stay at a low-class dive. You don't know who you'll bump into. Wrap up the fight, you. I mean, I understand most places is a dangerous place, but this the cantina seems to have gotten more violent since last we're here. There wasn't just yeah. constant fisticuffs abound. Well, look, Chewie's not exactly helping here as he's slamming heads, and presumably he's the one who's throwing dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's see. Um, oh, okay, let's turn the page. And he goes, he says, uh, after resolving our differences with Jabba the Hutt, Chewie and me delivered him back here and decided to hang out for... Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> this is something that will be white from canon. Everything is fine now with Jabba the Hutt. It's, everything is fine with Jabba the Hutt with one T. Jabba the Hutt with two Ts is still <laughs> yeah, That's true, yeah. Uh, wanted you to enjoy a few moments with her royal highness before I showed up to sweep her off her feet. Look, we haven't had all of our heroes together in nine issues of this book. Yep. Not since issue number 23 when they all escaped the Jesus. wheel. Uh, uh, it's like and equals all over again. Yeah. I, I do want to point out something that I noticed in these pages is, uh, and one of the complaints I've voiced before, yeah. is uh, the coloring of Chewie's face. They, Yeah. I wonder if they got, like, I wonder if they actually got letters about that. Maybe, but like I think it does make an appreciable difference in my perception really of Chewie it, in this book. It it makes him look much closer to Chewbacca as we know him. It that yeah, was like because that gave him that Sasquatch look as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now Luke has to confront uh, the construction worker from the village people. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Jake Eric Flash, but also good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, no, but it's Fixer. It's Fixer. In a helmet. Um, Cammy and me did something bad. <laughs> what did they do this time? Uh, yeah, so it's just like, dude, this is a... You're a rebel, Luke. Uh, but Cammy and me decided there was no choice. when he's like, you turned me in, you son of a bitch! <laughs> this feels like a, look, Cammy insisted, and now I'm trying to backpedal a little bit. We talked about the long-barreled gun on the cover. Look at this gun that Han has. It's a 44 I, Magnum blaster. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there because there's like a little handle halfway down the barrel. Like, what's yeah. going on there? Yeah. But there's also like a bump stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gun. It, once again, Han Solo is a very distinctive gun, and it is in the first movie. I don't know why he wouldn't just... He refuses to draw the blasters of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. Which is bizarre because uh, they're all based on real guns, so you would have a lot of reference from them, but whatever. Uh, stormtroopers are here. They are. <laughs> and their aim is just as terrible as always. You three halt as yeah. they open fire and miss yeah. every time. And then they all die <laughs> immediately. Uh, yeah, because Chewie, uh, again, without his, like, uh, standard bowcaster, Han, yeah. uh, without his standard blaster, and Luke with a Luger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took this off a dead Nazi. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, the street. Uh, so they 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 book it out of there, man. They're shooting their way out of Mos Eisley because the streets were crawling with stormtroopers. I do love in like kind of a Bonnie and Clyde esque move. Like they're all just piled in the back of the speeder, flying away and shooting out the back. Yeah, uh, not bad bronze britches. Because once again, three PO is the getaway driver. I'll pull around back, master. So when you rob the bank, we'll just take off. Yeah. Three PO is the Gene Hackman of this Bonnie and Clyde group. Um, but uh, yeah, so they book it out of there. This one just kind of ends. The, I, it feels like this comic ran out of time. Yeah, like they speed off and it's like, if this baby doesn't collapse under the load it's carrying, I think yeah. it'll be okay. Because yeah, they've got like six people or five yeah. people on this speeder now one of them which is chewbacca the wookie and then the the stormtroopers are just like well they'll never get out of the desert and you're like i i guess that's some kind of a cliffhanger but because yeah the trooper says no matter one of our blasts scored that speeder it's leaking coolant it'll burn out by the morning if one of the desert patrols doesn't get them the twin sons will yeah so i, I guess the idea is they're going to be stranded in the desert and that's like kind of thrilling but eh. Do they know that this is Luke Skywalker they're chasing? I don't think so. But isn't that like Cammy and Fixer reported him, right? That's right. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. I can understand if this was just like some random, like, oh, these are some guys who started oh, trouble at the local cantina. Right. You're saying like, shouldn't them... you go after Luke Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> you would He's think. probably the most wanted man. He's definitely the most wanted man in the galaxy, right? He blew up the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. He is he is public enemy number one to the Empire. It's like him, Princess Leia, Mon Mothma are yeah. like the one, yeah. two, three rebel right. yeah. insiders. Yeah, if this was just Han and Chewie, they'd let him go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although, I, you know, Vader might have a personal grudge against Han because he did shoot him specifically. But, you know, that's... That is true. That's, that's a separate thing. I do think, you yeah. know... The, yeah, they're after the they're after the Dadana would be up high too, you know. Like, um, yeah, I mean, Dadana I think gets into the top five probably. One hundred percent. But yeah, I'm not just saying like if these stormtroopers know that this is Luke Skywalker they're right. after, ah. they don't just say ah the desert will sort it out. <laughs> Whatever. That'll be, that that excuse will be cool with Darth Vader, right? <laughs> well, he's a famously reasonable guy, <laughs> <laughs> patient, understanding, you know. <laughs> Uh, and so then it ends with a promise the next issue. Oh boy, the Jawa Express. John, if you could... I've read ahead, so yeah. I know yeah. the answer to this. Yeah. But if you could uh, well, guess I, at what the Jawa Express I is... Have, I have what I actually think it is, and then what I hope I think it is. So okay. it's probably going to end up being that they're going to like take over a sand crawler, is my guess. But what right. I'm hoping for is Secret Jawa Railroad. <laughs> okay. Murder okay. on the Jawa Express. <laughs> Murder on the Jawa Express. Okay, okay. If we can get Kenneth Braun and his crazy mustache in here uh, on Tatooine. Now, if I told you it was closer to Jawa 310 to Yuma, how would oh, you react that, to that? that? That I'm on board for. <laughs> I love 310 to Yuma, so yeah. All right. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Hey, man. We are in for the Jawa Express next Here's week. the thing I love about this comic is pretty much anything could, like, I do really go in going, like, I have no idea. Let's just see where this book takes us. <laughs> I've long ago stopped anticipating anything from this book. And just kind of like, I don't know, man. Why not? What you can anticipate is weird Infantino faces and some of this to get swept under the rug whenever the next movie comes out. Well, I do love when already you're doing things like, well, that won't last. <laughs> that actively contradicts things later. Um, mm -hmm. Again, having to like rationalize that there are literally two characters named Jabba the Hutt for this to make sense. <laughs> yeah, and then they brought him back to Tatooine like, and turned him in? I don't quite... what. No, just Is set him free, like a free-range hut. Just be like, be free, Java. Back to your home. Go back to your home. 
and yeah, that is the end of this issue. Uh, again, our countdown to Empire Strikes Back has begun. Uh, we will have a bit of coverage in uh, other things, including the Star Wars New Hope Infinities book before we get there. Uh, but we're slowly creeping towards uh, a chunk of this book being obsolete. <laughs> well, we're also building to I mean, They did say the Empire is planning to strike back. So any day now, folks, any you can expect that strike back. Uh, but yes, uh, of course, if you want more from this show uh, and all the shows on the Punch-Up Entertainment Network, you can go over to our Podbean patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punchup. Once again, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup. There you can get cool exclusive bonus content as well as help support the shows here uh, that we do. Um, and of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, subscribe below, ring the bell for notifications. And uh, make sure to comment as well. Um, if there was a like more subtly evil way the Empire could have struck back, if there was like a gentrification equivalent yeah. that you would pitch for Baron Tag to like, what would he do to impress the Emperor? That's not like capture our heroes and set the uh, set the rebels back by destroying their new hidden base. Uh, what, what what would you pitch to the yeah, Tag family? It's like their the their late stage capitalism I striking back. The idea that Tag would be like, all right, okay, it's not an immediate thing, but like. Once we've gentrified, like, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's, I'm playing the long game here, but there's no way out of that. You can't defeat capitalism. <laughs> yeah, just rent rent pl- prices alone will destroy the rebellion. Yeah, it's like, that's the, that's the problem with Emperor Palpatine. He's not really thinking long term. No, he's all about them super weapons and blowing up <laughs> planets and stuff. Yep. Uh, but yeah, th- th- that's, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Indeed. And of course, as always, I have been Mike Argoni. I'm John Campbell. And may the panel be with you. Thank you.